Yeah, it always makes me smile to bring my old uh, butt on. Uh, I'm going to try to wrap up his uh, bio more quickly than usual. Uh, he has a newspaper column in Post Media a couple of times a week, at least. He's got a, a blog. He's a trained uh, lawyer, teaches law occasionally at the University of, uh, of Calgary. He has uh, written many, many books, and uh, he has also run many liberal war rooms, although I don't think he's running any liberal war rooms anytime soon. <laughs> Warren Kinsella, welcome, welcome back to the Charles Adler Show. Yeah, no, I am not. I just want to stress, as a newspaper columnist, I am not involved in any political party in Canada, nor a member. The only political party I've helped out recently is the Democratic Party in the United States. That's it. Oh, is that is that is that a rule? I mean, uh, I mean, you're a, it's, you're uh, a freelancer. I mean, uh, I'm I'm a freelancer with the, uh, you know, my my columns appear in the Free Press, but nobody has ever told me. Uh, that I, not that I do it. I, I haven't, I, last time I was a member of a political party, I was like, I think I was 19. So it's not something I do, but I, there's no, there's no rule in any kind of association I have that you, tells me I can't you raise an, a, You raise an important point. Um, like I think sometimes we in the media business don't give readers and listeners and viewers as much credit as they deserve. Like they know, you know, they know if they're picking up uh, Adler in the free press, he generally doesn't like Pierre Polyev. You know, they picking up Trudeau, they know he doesn't like Justin Trudeau so much. Um, so they get that. I think probably the reason it, the rule is developed why um, we shouldn't be members of political parties is it just, it, it, it would be an obvious criticism and a fair criticism. It's like, well, you're just writing propaganda for your side. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, I've gotten in trouble in the past about uh, not disclosing some work my firm was doing for a conservative party lawyer. I should have, I should have disclosed that. Would have made and, my life a lot easier. Would have made well, my life a lot well, easier. I don't, I sorry, with the greatest respect, I don't care about what it did to your life. It did a lot to my life. Oh, and, uh, you know, I you it, cared was, about uh, my life. it was, yeah, of course, but it was, a, it was a mis <laughs> no, but no, no, I'm trying to be serious here. It was, no, no, a, I know, but you're, you know, you're it, it's, it's, go ahead. It, go ahead. It, it was a mistake, and this is why, um, you know, all of us in this business are giving opinions, even though, you know, we're known to be conservative or liberal or New Democrat or whatever, we need to make sure that the, the reader and the viewer and the listener knows that we're being as straight with them as possible. So, you know, it's, um, it's kind of an ecumenical life, but it's, it's the life that's required of us. Yeah. You said earlier that uh, Trudeau, people know that Trudeau isn't for Trudeau or something. I think I just want to correct that because people take things literally. Uh, you weren't saying Trudeau isn't for Trudeau. I think you were saying that your columns generally aren't. Yeah, uh, generally not. But, you know, yeah. I mean, you know, but then again, there's a good example of what we're talking about. Mm -hmm. You know, back in 2013, 2012, when he was uh, seeking the Liberal Party leadership, I supported him. You know, and in 2015, I voted for him. The next time I voted NDP and the time after that, I voted uh, conservative. So, you know, I, I think I'm probably like most Canadians. I move around. I tend not now to be a partisan in my old age. And, you know, most people are like me. Uh, that's kind of how they vote. So, Warren, just to be clear then, once again, you did not vote for, for Stephen Harper in that election where uh, Trudeau was running against Harper. You voted for, for Trudeau. And then the next time, and I guess it would be uh, Andrew Shear. You didn't vote Andrew Shear. You voted uh, for the NDP, NDP in that election. Yeah, okay. yeah. I voted and then for I guess the, the next time you voted for Aaron O'Toole when it was 
Aaron O'Toole yeah. versus Jordan. I mean, my my frame, and I suspect it is for you too, is like, you know, I'm I have the privilege of knowing a lot of these people. You know, I can I can pick up the phone and I can speak to Aaron O'Toole. And like, so what I'm always looking for is a good heart, you know, somebody mm-hmm. who's a good person. And um, you know, I don't tend to vote for or try not to vote for assholes or work with assholes. And um, so, and the, you know, my view, again, as I've gotten older, you know, when I was younger and more partisan, it was just like, you know, my job was to destroy conservatives and I was pretty good at it. And, um, you know, and then I found out that some of them bleed just like me and they're, you know, not always bad people and the same with new Democrats and that liberals aren't always great people. So um, I know it drives some partisans crazy, but I think partisans are crazy. So there you go. <laughs> well, a lot of people, because I was known as a conservative, you know, commentator, especially after the time I spent in the States, uh, being a conservative commentator, uh, some people thought it was my job to destroy uh, liberals. I, I may, I may have, you, you can speak to me as a former liberal war room guy. And I guess the first time I met you, you were pumping one of your, uh, one of your books and that we weren't exactly on the same side of things. Did no, you- I, as a matter of fact, I was, I was just talking to Brian Lilly about this because yeah. telling him that I was coming on with you and I can reveal like everybody, Charles Adler hung up on me on the phone once when he was on CJOB and it was the subject matter. I don't know if you remember this, Charles, it was, um, you know, the star Wars thing. Right. And, yeah. you know, back in those days and, and I tended to favor it in one way, uh, because, you know, I prefer wars to be fought in space as opposed yes. to on Earth. Uh, but I also said, you know, it's going to lead to an arms race as it as it uh, inevitably does. And you got really mad at me and you <laughs> you cut off yeah. the call. Yeah. So you were, yes, you were a conservative those days and I was a liberal. But anyway. All right. So you've, you've, you've destroyed a few conservatives in your day and I, I may have destroyed <laughs> a few uh, a few yeah. liberals. And, and these days people go, what the hell is happening to you guys? Why is Kinsella supporting the conservatives? And why do you often uh, <laughs> not supporting liberals? I'm not. And I've got yeah. reasons. I mean, we should talk about it. I've got a column coming out in the post media this weekend, and I can't tell you everything that's in it. Obviously, my editor would kill me, and you know my editor. But yes, um, I know I know Adrian Batra, and <laughs> I would I would even though, even though I'd love to have your stuff. Uh, you know, uh, on the show right now, like all of it, I'd love to be able to read it and all that. Um, I would probably uh, not support Adrian Batra if she took that position. I, I support her position 100% as editor of the, the song yeah. to, to, to what's the word? Embargo. I don't like to use that word. Embargo, yeah. To embargo yeah. your stuff until it Don't appears. mess with Batra. Uh, don't we, mess with but, but I can kind of tease out some of it because, yeah. as you know, something big happened this week, which is Pierre Polyev dropped. And Justin Trudeau went up, and I kind of thought about why that might have happened. So just to be clear, uh, we had David Coletto on the show earlier uh, this week, uh, CEO of Abacus Data. And uh, Coletto was uh, shocked. I wasn't as shocked, but he was, uh, he was in shock because I guess he's never seen this before. The uh, conservatives only two weeks ago uh, were in the horse race bowl, the national horse race bowl. Uh, the conservatives were 19 points ahead of the liberals. And here it is two weeks later, and they're only – 10 points ahead. So a nine point drop in, uh, in two weeks is a lot. And uh, Warren, uh, Warren's column is coming out in the Saturday edition of uh, Sun Newspapers, Post Media. That's a Saturday edition. Uh, don't know when you're watching or listening to this podcast, but it doesn't matter. I just want everyone to be clear. It'll be on on the weekend. And Warren is allowed, Adrian Batra is allowing Warren 
to give us just a, a couple of hints. A so, taste. So, yeah, a taste. So, so lift lift the kimono uh, just a little bit here, Warren. What, there are, as in, all, as in all things in politics, it's never one thing that kills you. Yeah. Um, it's a bunch of things. And, you know, I think the first that I talk about in the, the column is revealed in David Coletto's poll, which is, you know, Canadians are getting to know Pierre Polyev. They did not really know him a year ago. Uh, within political circles, he was certainly known in the Conservative Party. They find him arrogant. You know, Abacus found about 42% of Canadians find him arrogant. Now, they also, but the same number found him insincere. But, you know, that's a wash because that's what they think about <laughs> Trudeau too, right? Who cares? They think both of them are, are bullshitters. But the arrogance thing, like, honestly, because you know how I do politics. Yeah. You know, I watch people on TV and I turn the sound off. Yeah. And, you know, the body language and just the whole physiology of a candidate. And, you know, Polyev seems kind of prickly and angry. He seems pissed off all the time. Well, you called and him, it, a, Warren, you call, on, this, on this show, two weeks ago, you called him a dick. Yeah, a bit. Did. No, you actually, a, a, a bit of a dick. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, no, he, uh, well, the reason for that is, you know, as I mentioned to you, uh, uh, he was um, my former boss, uh, Jean Peltier, or my boss ultimately was Jean Chrétien, but Peltier was the chief of staff to Chrétien, and he was dying of cancer, and, and Polyev called him a liar. And so some of us Chrétien guys never quite forgave that. I think I know for a fact there's Polyev conservatives who wish they could do a, have a redo of that one because they realized they made a big mistake in doing that. And that contributes to this perception that people have got of him which is that he's kind of arrogant and mean. He needs to deal with that. They're obviously dealing with that now. That's why they go ahead in the polls. But I think that's one reason. The other point I make in the column, Charles, I think they peaked too soon, you know, like 20 points ahead or whatever ridiculous figure it was. That's great if it's week three of the campaign. But if you're a year and a bit away from the campaign, that's peaking way too soon, and you know, you know what I'm talking about. Drill into that a little bit, Warren, because it's something that I, I talk about from time to time on the show, and I don't think I, I, I can make it as understandable as you can from your political war room perspective. This idea of peaking too early. What is it that peaking too early does to the conversation going forward that is not good for the person who, who's developed that early peak? Well, then you're being held to account as as prime minister, and he's not prime minister yet, you know, and he doesn't have uh, an ability to defend himself from every attack that's going to come his way. But in his specific case, what's the problem with peaking too soon? Is it allows Trudeau to do exactly what Trudeau's doing, which is say, you know, we've got Donald Trump North over here, and you know, he's talking about MAGA stuff on all the time, and he's doing that for a smart purpose. Trudeau is trying to stampede worried new Democrats away from the new Democratic option. And it's worked for him in 2015, 2019, 2021. He's trying to scare the shit out of new Democrats saying, look what you're going to get, right? And this is the problem with peaking too soon. You want to be way ahead in week three of the campaign when it's too late for the other side to do some remedial work. Um, you do not want it to be happening right now. And I think that's one of the reasons why Trudeau's up and Polyev's down is you've got so-called progressive voters, this kind of amalgam of liberals and new Democrats going, you know what, 
I think he's right. I don't like Trudeau. Uh, I think he's been there too long, but I think he's right. This Polyev guy makes me nervous, so I'm going to pull back. And I think that's one of the things that's happened this week. Warren, uh, you mentioned, uh, and obviously you're going to mention in, in, in the column on the weekend uh, for, for Post Media, that um, Polyev has a reputation for being um, prickly and that uh, Polyev has a reputation for being both insincere and arrogant. Okay, so these aren't wonderful virtues for uh, for for a prime minister. But what what about the bullying stuff? I know that, you know, conservatives, especially during the, the, the convoy era, the anti-vax era, were calling uh, Trudeau a bully. But does Pierre Polyev, in, in your mind right now, have a, a bully problem? Uh, well, you know, you and I both know we've both lived in the States. Um, I've worked for the Democrats. You've, you know, broadcast about the politics of the United States. Like we remember when George Bush Sr. was seeking the Republican nomination, he was way behind. He was losing. And um, he had this wimp factor about him. So he went on TV with Dan Rather on CBS News and they got into a big fight about Iran-Contra. And um, just cut a long story short, he kicked the living shit out of Dan Rather. And it, it made him the Republican presidential nominee, and it actually made him president of the United States. So um, beating up on the media as much as I dislike admitting it, you know, because I'm part of the media now, um, it's good politics. However, however, you cannot do it every day. You cannot make a habit of it because then it lends to an impression that you're arrogant, that you're insincere, and that possibly you're afraid of the media and the tough questions they ask. Like those, that's our job. Those of us who do the opinion stuff and the news stuff, we're supposed to ask dumb questions. So when, you know, Polyev had his moment, the apple munching moment, that was a home run. And I talk about that in my column this weekend. No question. It was a home run. The reporter showed up and was ill-prepared. Charles Adler never shows up ill-prepared. Like everybody thinks you just wing it. Yeah. He, you don't, right? <laughs> it, it, but when he, yeah. but you but prepare. Warren, let, but, me, let me, let me, but, I gotta, but I got to get in your face a little bit about that. I'm, yeah. I, 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 I'm not doubting that, that Pierre Polyev knocked it out of the park with that reporter. But let me take you back to George Bush. George yeah. Bush didn't t- take on a, a no-name a guy uh, with, with, with no style, with no prep True. and an yeah, apple yeah, yeah. orchard. He took yeah. on Dan Rather. That, that's a big thing. If yeah. Polyev had done the same thing to a, a, a big-name national uh, reporter or a big-name national anchor, then I'd say to myself, my God, th- this guy's a lot better than I thought he was. And who knows? He may do Fair that enough. someday. But he didn't Fair do enough. that that day. Well, no, and, and an example of your point is the very next time, you know, Polyev pulled out, you know, the, the, the bat to beat the media like it's a pinata with, he did it with a very well-liked um, younger Canadian press reporter. And um, she asked him a question at a presser he had just a few days ago about whether he had called that terrible incident that happened on the border in Niagara Falls, uh, he had called it terrorism. And he had, in fact, called it terrorism. In his English question to the prime minister, he attributed it to the media. But in French, he did call it terrorism. And, you know, and like, who cares? Because I think most of us thought it was initially, given what's going on in the world. But he just decided he was going to beat the shit out of this CP reporter. 
and it was a bad look. And so I think it's exactly an example of what you're talking about is if you're going to pick a fight, pick a fight with somebody who's your own size. And he has a tendency not to do that. And it's a bad look. I had an American um, boss uh, who liked the fact that I liked to fight. And in those days, I really, really did like uh, to fight. Naturally, I was a conservative uh, talk show host. So I was fighting with, with liberals. But one day, uh, I fought with a liberal who happened to be one of the members, uh, I'll call him a you know, member of the, the Democratic B team. Wasn't a very, very strong uh, liberal. And my boss told me that he would not fire me, but he would fine me severely if I ever was caught that public punching that far below my weight. Punching he said, down. You've got, you've got, you've got, you've got, punching above your weight is fantastic. Punching you know, someone at your weight level, but pun punching below your weight, as he put it, he was a, he was a Texan. He said, that's not being a man. Yeah, it's not right. And that, yes. And so that is a problem. Polyev's gone. And that actually is another point I make in the column. You know, one of the reasons why conservatives love him is like, he's tough in question period and he's tough in committee and he's tough in scrums and he's angry and focused. And you got to admit, like he really is. He's quite good in those places. But as I point out in the column, there's another person who was good in all those ways too, which was angry Tom Mulcair. And the press gallery loved him, right? Because he was just a, he was a, <laughs> right. he, he'd, he'd give clips all the time and he spoke in clips and he was terrific. And then the public saw him and were kicking the tires. He was supposed to be prime minister, as you would recall. And he got his ass kicked because Canadians decided he was too angry. They don't want you to be angry all the time. You know, for sure. I get the fear button. I've pushed it in a few campaigns. But the better button, the one that you can sustain, is the hope button. It is hard to maintain anger for, you know, years at a time. Right now, the public is angry. There's no question. You look at Biden. How is Biden being beaten right now as he is by Donald Trump? Is because people are pissed off. And, you know, so that Trump is a vessel for their anger, much in the way Polyev is. But they can't sustain the anger forever. You know, the economists are now saying rates are going to drop two or three times early in the new year. You know, the economists are all saying the economy is bouncing back. Like things are looking better for the spring. I sound like a political commercial. Things will. <laughs> you've written, it's morning you've written in America. Word, I have a feeling you're writing one right now. Yeah, it's morning in America. Yeah, but yeah. It, you know, it's at that point people are like, yeah, yeah, Polyev, yeah, he's good in question period. But do I really give a shit about question period? <laughs> like really? <laughs> like who does? So he needs you were, to. You were warm. You were warm a couple of weeks ago, Warren, but. You're on fire right now. <laughs> what, what, whatever breakfast you were having, I want to have the, the same. I want, to, I want to ask you this. Uh, and first of all, just to button the, down the, the Mulcair thing. Um, Mulcair was really, really angry with me because in the days when he thought he'd be, you know, measuring the drapes and become prime minister because Trudeau at that time was just leader of the third party and Mulcair was prosecuting uh, against Harper effectively every day. And as you said, the press gallery loved it. I thought he went too far and I called him the Grand Inquisitor. And I said that Canadians don't mind having a person in the PMO who's a, who's a pretty good prosecutor, but but Mulcair's over the top. He's he's running an inquisition here, and 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 that is a little bit frightening for for a lot of people. But here's here's where I want to take this. 
I want to take this to the idea that some politicians, and you, you've worked with them, you've worked with a, a lot, some politicians are really good at self-reflection or at least taking direction and saying, you know what, Kinsella's right about this or Adler's right about this. Maybe I can, maybe I should make a correction. Here's my question to you. Does Polyev understand that he comes across as arrogant and a, as a bully and too much like a grand inquisitor? Can he dial it down? Can he, can he actually make the correction? Because if he can... The future is his, but I'm not sure he can. What does Warren Kinsella think? Yeah, and no, I tend to subscribe to the view, as you know, uh, over the as our discussions over the years. It's hard to change a grown-up, right? How they is, how they are, is how they are. However, um, you know, the smart leaders surround themselves with people who are not yes men and yes women, and Polyev has actually done that. He's got some people in his office who are pretty smart. So an example of what you're talking about is, I think they've said to him, you know, Pierre, you got to just cool it a little bit. Why don't we do this 20-minute video about the housing crisis? And he may have resisted that initially. I don't know if he did, but it was brilliant. Like, it was really good politics, and he explained the issue in a way that people liked. It's had millions and millions of hits. You can't argue with, you know, uh, it, was a hit, it was a hit record. Um, so I think he's got people who have said to him, look, you need to cool it in public, smile more, let's get your wife out there, you know, get you out of a tie, take the glasses off, you know, laugh, kind of, he's not at the poking fun at himself and sounding like a regular <laughs> schmo. Um, but that's, that's the Nirvana, right? That's, that's where you got to get to, because that's what Doug Ford did. Yeah, uh, and does and Jean Chrétien and Rennie Lebec and Ralph Klein and Mel Lastman. Those guys are were experts at being a regular schmo and poking fun at themselves. Polyev needs to get there. If he gets there, he will be a formidable opponent for Trudeau or whoever. So Warren, you can agree or, or disagree. It, it doesn't matter. Over the years, we've agreed and disagreed on, on so many things. But here's where you and I may disagree on this. Um, I know all these guys, the same, you know, Doug, Doug Ford and, and, and Ralph Klein. And of course, uh, Mel Lastman uh, pu publicly said one of the reasons he was giving me the keys to Toronto. I'm the only talk show host who ever got the, the key to Toronto. He said pu publicly, he said, Adler, Adler got me elected. So I, I gave him the key. I mean, I just, I've never, I've never seen that kind of candor and transparency in a politician. So Mel Lastman could laugh at himself and so could these other guys. But the thing they all had going for them, Warren Kinsella, was they were all extremely self-confident. They didn't have to go to a seminar and learn how to fake self-confidence, you know, looking in the mirror and saying, you're gorgeous, you're, you're, you're Robert Redford, you're, you're Burt Reynolds, uh, you're George Clooney. No, they, they didn't do any of that. They had natural, innate self-confidence. And here's where we may disagree. I don't think Polyev has that. I don't think he's made that way. I don't think he's got any Doug Ford or Mel Lastman or Ralph Klein in him. No, and, the, and that would be fatal were it not for the fact that he's uh, up against a guy who's got all kinds of character flaws as well. Like the problem with our national politics at the moment, and I know you don't agree with me, or I think you don't agree with me, but I know most people do. All of our federal leaders suck. Like they suck. It is the worst batch I can recall in my lifetime. I don't feel like I have anybody to vote for. And because I'm profoundly aware of the weaknesses of all three leaders. And so like if somebody came along 
who had those characteristics you just described, it would be a very different environment for Pierre Polyev and possibly Justin Trudeau. But we don't have that at the present time. We're just not attracting the A team anymore to our national politics. It's like the, it's the C team. You know, where's Kretzian gone? You know, where's Lester Pearson? You know, where's Pierre Trudeau? Yeah. Where's, you know, even Brian Mulroney was a great politician. Where are those guys? They're all gone. I'm not here to tell you that uh, Trudeau is a, a great politician. So when you say uh, we'll disagree, we're not going to disagree on that. That's not, that's not where the disagreement is. Here's where the disagreement is. Trudeau has natural and has always had natural self-confidence. Trudeau can take a punch and then he can deliver a right hook, a left hook across whatever it takes. Trudeau is a fighter. And in a campaign, Trudeau grows half a foot. I'm not sure that Polyev can do that, but as far as self-confidence is concerned, I, I, I don't, I don't, I haven't taken a poll on it. You haven't taken a poll on it, but you and I have both taken the measure of men and women. I think we'd have to agree that Trudeau has more natural self-confidence than Pierre Polyev. No, I don't agree with you. Sorry, right. I don't. Right? I think that he's vain, and I think he's a big phony, and. Um, I actually think it's the opposite. I know, I'm not going to get into the stories, okay. but I know for a fact that Justin Trudeau doesn't even like being compared to his dad. He doesn't like being compared to just Jean Chrétien. He, like, because he is intimidated by the record of those previous leaders. So, no, he does not have a lot of self-confidence, but neither does Polyev. Right. No. So I've been, I've been, in my I, no, but let me finish. Let me oh, let me finish. Go ahead. Go ahead. Okay. Go ahead. You said, you know, you said you, you're gonna agree with me, Warren. I don't. I my experience with arrogant men, men in particular, yeah, you know, when they're arrogant and loud and brash and obnoxious, it's precisely because they are uh, lack confidence. And they don't they lack the confidence to listen to others and to reach out to other people. And both those guys share that characteristic. I mean, that's why you're seeing this poll Abacus has got saying Polyev's arrogant. Well, they they say Trudeau's arrogant too. I think it's because they're both they lack confidence, not because they've got it. Well, okay, I'll just I'll just button this down with I have also been in the room with both, and Trudeau strikes me as having much more self confidence than Polyev, and on that we'll just agree to disagree. Well, I mean, uh, has has. Uh, Trudeau's people said to you, you're only allowed to stand on stage with them for 10 seconds? No, I've never had that yeah. rule. Well, because they Trudeau. do that. They do that. I don't, I don't, really know, care. I don't give a hoot. I've been, I've been in the room with them for no, more, Charles, more than 10 seconds. One that's on my one. point. And, and I, know, I know what a person has self-confidence. I mean, that's, that's not actually... No, but if you're limiting the exposure, if you're limiting the exposure another prominent person has got beside you, what does that say? It means you're not confident. Well, it's you not limited want... to me, so that, that 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 doesn't work, Warren. I mean, that would that would work if that were true for me, and it's, it's not. Never has been. Well, I'm, I'm, giving, I'm giving. I'm not the only one who gets to spend more than a few seconds with the prime minister. Yeah, okay. and my guess, my guess I, is I, 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 okay, okay. My guess is, Warren, fine. if you wanted, if you wanted today, if you wanted today uh, to get more than a few seconds with the prime minister, regardless of everything you've written, everything you've said, I'm confident you could get that because he's got enough self. I'm not. To do that. I'm not. No way. You think you could only get a few seconds with the PM? I don't think I could get any seconds. <laughs> <laughs> Charles, okay, when I maybe. was like he, yeah, sorry. No, I find this interesting. Go ahead. I'm not, I'm not, I don't want to interrupt you. Go ahead. No, I, 
I just know for a fact that this guy, um, maybe it's people around him, but certainly he's licensed them to do this. He does not like to be uh, overshadowed by somebody else. He does not, but neither does Polyev, right? And it's, it's just a bad look. And I think, you know, you need to be able to, in politics, share the stage and say, well, it's not just me. You know, you're getting my team. You're getting my platform. You got to share the love. You got to spread it around. And these two guys, they look like one man shows, right? Your average person, so an evidence of what I'm talking about, I think, is your average person couldn't name five people in Trudeau's cabinet. And that's because it's the Liberal Party is, is devolved into a cult of personality. But so is the Conservative Party, right? It's Pierre I'm to, up top. I'm listening, I'm listening very carefully, and I'm trying to think, and I may not be the average person because I, I, I do this every day, and I, I read a lot more about politics than the average person, and uh, sometimes I envy the average person who doesn't spend as much time with politics as I do because I've had much of it negative. But I'm, I'm trying to think whether I, not the average person, whether I could actually name five people in Harper's cabinet, and I was relatively close to them. I, I could probably name, I could probably get it up to five, but I think you'd agree, Warren, that the average person could not name five people in the Stephen Harper cabinet. Well, it's, it's 10 years later, man. Like, fuck, I can't remember what I had for breakfast. No, no, I'm, t- I'm, t- like, I'm talking about, ba- about back then. I mean, he didn't, he didn't have, he yeah, didn't have no, a, they, a galaxy of stars. He had Jim Flaherty, he had, uh, he had uh, John Baird, he had uh, Jason Kenney. Uh, after that, it would get difficult, I think, for the average person to, 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 to name anymore. Anyway, I don't want to bog down on this. This has been a trend. Let's just say it's been a trend for quite a while. The, the last time, if you, we're, if we're, 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 we're talking about Trudeau, the last time I remember average people being able to name several people in a cabinet was actually Pierre Trudeau's cabinet, and your old boss, Jean Chrétien, was one of the people that a lot of people could name. No, Mulroney, you know, Mazinkowski, Wilson, Campbell, Clark, like, you know, no. Uh, the, you know, Harper, uh, Flaherty, and so, and Baird, and, and, and Bev Oda. Like, you know, you can. <laughs> and the way our, you know, leadership politics has always been about yeah. your leader in, in large part. But that has become an exaggerated characteristic of our politics now. It's the same with Trump. You can't name anybody who was in his cabinet. It's the same with Biden. It's hard to, you know. Yeah, it's a, it's a trend. It's a trend that's been, been, been going on. And it wouldn't matter today whether it's uh, a Pierre Trudeau government, a Justin Trudeau government today, or a, or a Pierre Polyev government. People wouldn't be able to name many people in the cabinet because the, the leaders tend to overshadow everyone. Uh, yeah. How many people can you name? Joe Biden is, is the guy that you've worked for. How many people can you name Warren Kinsella in the Joe Biden cabinet? Not many. Pete, you know, Mayor Pete uh, is great. Um, the, uh, oh, guy, who's the guy who's the Secretary of Defense? He's traveling the world right now. The guy with the military haircut. You've got um, his Secretary of State. I mean, this is all a function of old age, and I'm losing What's my mind. What's his you name know, or? I'm not trying to be a pest you, but what's no, the you're name? No, you're being an thing? asshole. You're being an asshole. That's okay. <laughs> and fuck you, Charles. Fuck you. But um, no, I can't remember their names right now. So there you go. But you know what? Because you're kind of making fun of me. That's okay. Anybody who's watching us and listening to us, they can't name five either. And so my point remains the same, is this is how our politics has evolved. 
right? And this is how our politics has changed. And maybe it's what people want. Maybe it's a good thing. They just think about Justin Trudeau. They just think about Pierre Polyev. They just think about Donald Trump. But, um, you know, I, I'm not sure it's good for democracy. So let me just ask you about uh, something that isn't uh, necessarily about uh, Trudeau's cabinet or any of the things that are uh, motivating you to uh, call me a, a name and, and that. Let, let's just end on something a lot brighter. As we head into uh, 2024 and beyond, are you as optimistic as many of the economists are that you referred to earlier? As you Are you as optimistic that inflation is getting tamed uh, the pest is being put in the corner. The dog is being put in the doghouse. And times are about to get a lot better for all of us. I don't know. I don't know. Because something big happened, and it was the pandemic. And it was the biggest economic, political, cultural, and personal event of anybody's life. And it obviously took all the traditional assumptions and just shredded them. So, for example, in our economy right now, we have had massive inflation, but we've also had full employment. That's weird. Um, we've had um, interest rates. We've had free money for a long time to, to, you know, to borrow, and we no longer have that, and people seem to be now adjusting to that. So there's weird things happening in our economies. Um, it's not working for incumbents. Everywhere you look, incumbents are in a bit of trouble because of the state of the economy. But, you know, I, I'm hopeful that things will come back. And, um, you know, certainly Justin Trudeau is, because right now the main reason why Trudeau is losing is the economy and the cost of living and affordability. As you know, Polyev has been ignoring Ukraine. He's been ignoring Israel to a large extent. He's just been zeroing in on pocketbook issues and it's worked for him. But if the economy starts to come back, it's not going to work for him so well. So the uh, economy is coming back and uh, your column is uh, coming back tomorrow. That is Saturday. You mentioned some of the things that are going against uh, Pierre Polyev. Let's button this one down by asking you what, what, what is going in, in your, in your opinion, Trudeau's coming up a few points. What, what's working for him? What's working for uh, Polyev is I just fatigue about, you know, uh, Trudeau. Trudeau has been a uh, Liberal Party leader for more than a decade. Uh, as of November 4th, he will have been uh, Prime Minister for, what is it going to be, nine years, is it? No, but my uh, question was, no, what, what's working years. for, my, my question was, what's working for Trudeau right now? Oh, sorry, I thought, said, I thought you said, I thought you My apologies, if I did, I apologize. But I, I, the, the question is, because you were, you were talking about Incumbency, incumbency. Incumbency is, is, is working for him? Yeah, it's just, you know, you want to be able, like we're in the area of the low information voter. And I guess I'm one because I couldn't name anybody when you were quizzing me there. Um, and, um, you know, so people, they're busy in their lives. They don't have a lot of time for politics. So they're just focused on the leader and they may know two or three things that the leader is up to. And so impressions are really important. And, um, you know, whether you like him or not, Trudeau, it's, you don't have to um, be theoretical about him being prime minister. He's been prime minister for a decade. And so uh, it, it, it's it, incumbency kind of works for him. Whereas for Polyev, people are going, 
can I picture that guy as prime minister? Can I picture him on the world stage? Can I picture him in the G20? Like, how's he going to do? It's harder to do that because he hasn't held the job yet. So incumbency is a real advantage that Trudeau's got right now. And I think that's one of the reasons why he's, he's doing better in the polls. I agree with you there, Warren. I think uh, when uh, people are uh, disgruntled and, uh, and antsy and pissed off and a whole lot of things, sometimes they do end up traveling not on any given day. On any given day, they can be delighted by something Polly have said and, and whatever. But in general, in general, a lot of people end up going to the big brand. And I do think that your former boss had that going for him. Uh, yeah, he was yeah. up against Stockwell Day and a bunch of other, uh, I'll just call them you know, political dwarfs. And next to those political dwarfs, the big brand, Jean Chrétien, he was the big guy. Yeah, and the brand point you make applies to the parties as well. You know, Liberal Party of Canada, and again, you can hear conservative heads exploding, but um, the Liberal Party of Canada is the most successful political machine in Western democracy. It's won many more elections than it's lost, and it's been in power many more years than any of its opponents. And so it's a fool's errand to underestimate them. And um, that's one thing I'll give Polyev credit for. He does not underestimate Justin Trudeau. His focus is 100% Trudeau, and uh, he doesn't pay much attention to Jagmeet Singh. He doesn't see him as, a, as the threat. So the Liberal Party has got brand affinity. Uh, people feel comfortable in Canada with the Liberal Party of Canada, not presently, but historically, the Liberal Party of Canada has got the best brand in politics. Would you say that one thing that makes the Liberal Party in general, and I don't, I don't want to focus exclusively on, on today, uh, but in general, one of the things that makes the Liberal Party the big brand and a little more secure, a little more self-confident than the Conservative brand, the Liberal Party never seems to be paranoid of its own base. Agree or disagree with that, Warren? Hmm. That's an interesting question. Um... Like you mean, like have confidence in their base, or yeah, have, have confidence that the base will abandon it on any on any one issue. It just seems that the, the conservatives are always oh, worried about their their most loyal supporters, and they will make sure that they they throw them a bone. Yeah, yeah all, they're I, always throwing them away. It's one of the things that I found offended a, a little offensive to me as a person who is supporting the conservatives. Like, stop pandering to me. I think I think you're right. Now that I think of it. Because Polyev, you know, so why does he, you know, beat up on the media as often? Or why did he feel a need? You know, I talk about this in the, the column too. Like voting against a free trade agreement with Ukraine. Zelensky came here at great personal risk in October to sign that thing. He wanted it. You know, and their excuse was, you know, we're imposing a carbon tax on Ukraine. Car <laughs> Ukraine has got a carbon tax already. So it was it was dumb politics. Why did he do it? Because I think it's evidence of what you're talking about. He feels the need, and he's not the only conservative leader who's done this, to throw a bone to the base so he doesn't lose them. Maybe he's worried about Maxime Bernier. I don't know why, but maybe he is. Whereas Trudeau has less of a concern about that. I mean, that may be why Trudeau did the dental plan that you, you, know, you get when you're 87 years old or something like that. Probably he more did it because that's what Jagmeet Singh wanted as a condition of his support. But I, yeah, I think you tend to be right now that I think about it is uh, Trudeau's got more confidence, to use that word we've been talking about, in his base than Polyev has in his. Polyev seems to be nervous about losing his base. 
And Shear and well, certainly O'Toole. O'Toole lost his base was one of the reasons why he lost. Warren, I, I know that there were moments in this uh, conversation that we had today where you were very miffed with me, and you you called me an no, able. I wasn't. Don't be stopped. I, I just I want to thank I want to thank you for the honesty because there are many conversations where I, I have with people where they they feel I'm being that way, and I might 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 indeed be that way, but they never tell me that during the conversation. They just kind of stab me in the back like some media and some political types oh, yeah. uh, are, are want to do. No, you tell listen, me to my face, and I appreciate listen, that. Listen, listen, I love you. You're my brother of another mother, and, and I mean it. And, um, you know, and you're not an asshole. Like, I was just trying to get you to stop talking for a minute. <laughs> like, you know, you just, uh, but you, you know, you got me, right? And uh, you said, okay, big shot, name the names, and I couldn't. So, um, and that's fair ball, right? We did like, I don't know if you remember in 93, um, Peter Zosky did it to Kim Campbell. Yes. Do you remember that? Yeah, and yeah, just here's an old war guy, war room yeah. story. Zosky gets Kim Campbell on and says to her, how much is a liter of milk? She <laughs> didn't, we didn't know. And I just about shit my pants. I, I turned to my guys and I said, Go out, because I didn't know what it was either. I said, go out and buy a fucking liter of milk and make right. sure the plane knows about it in case the leader gets asked about it. And, and of course, he was. So, you know, uh, gotcha in politics. I've played it lots of times over the years, and it's fair game. So, you, you know, know, it's, it's, it's interesting you, you mentioned that, Warren, because uh, some, some of my uh, Republican friends uh, made fun of me uh, when I was uh, living in the States because I drove a relatively modest car I did my a lot, lot of my own shopping, my dry cleaning, and a lot of a lot of things that some so-called stars have other people doing for them, and they made fun of me for that. And I said, "Look, I said the only way that I can stay close uh, to the common person is to stay the common person that I grew up as as much as possible, and regardless yep. Of, yep. of awards and you know all those material things, I have to behave." the way I always did. Otherwise I will lose touch. They made fun of me. I don't, I don't care. I was never wrong. I don't think I was ever wrong about that, but a lot of politicians who actually do grow up in a very, very common life, they fall in love with the perks. They well, look fall at in Moroni. love with the idea of having a staff. Go, go ahead. Warren, please. Yeah. Look at Moroni as example of what you're talking about. He comes from this little town in Northern Quebec. It's a lumber town and, you know, with dirt under their fingernails. And next thing you know, he's taking envelopes from a guy in a bathroom at the Pierre <laughs> Hotel in New York City. Like, so, yeah. But, you know, the politicians I worked for, the ones that were successful were guys like Kretschian. Kretschian would enter an event through the kitchen. He'd yep. get out of the cab. I remember that. Yep. And he'd come in and he'd talk to the, you know, the cooks and the, and the wait people and stuff. And they all remember it. Right. And so the great ones, the great ones are the ones who keep their feet planted firmly on the ground, because if they don't, they're going to end up below the ground. Extremely well said. That'll be the last word, except except for this. I need to ask you this question. How many milliseconds, how many milliseconds would Mila Mulroney allow you to have with Brian? Uh, well, I like Ben and Mark. I know them. I I know. Yes. I don't know. Probably none. <laughs> Nobody likes me. Nobody likes you. You're I never going to you. have me. Yeah, you're never you. going to have me on again because I was mean to you. Um, I, I, I no, know. you know I don't play the game that way. But they no, but like you know, in our business, we got to. Our job is to come down from the hills and shoot the wounded. So that's what we do. 
All right. So you'll be shooting some of the wounded uh, tomorrow in your column in Post yep. Media, and yep. uh, we'll 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 get you to, I guess, I guess, reload, lock and load next Friday if that works for you. That's good, and I'll have more battery acid for breakfast. How's that? That's that's beautiful. You're a beautiful guy. Thank you. Thank you, Orson sir. Sella, author, lawyer, columnist for Post Media. His next one is coming out on Saturday, December sixteenth. Thank you for joining me, and uh, thanks for telling your friends. Uh, Spotify, Apple, doesn't matter to me. As you know, I love doing what I do, and I love doing it with you. I love you very much. Thank you, Canada. I'm Charles Antler.